The Missionaries of the Sacred Heart are pleased to bring you this reflection from Father Stosh Daly for October 2019. Father Daly is the pastor of Holy Family Church in Columbus, Ohio, and serves as the spiritual director for the Missionaries of the Sacred Heart. And now, Father Stosh Daly. Enjoy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, with a lively sorrow for my sins. I offer you this for our Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, O Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of the holy death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In this month of October, we are given such a rich treasury of saints that we remember all the way up from the first day of the month through to the end. Some of the saints we've already celebrated as feast days range from St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face, St. Therese of Assur, St. Francis of Assisi. And then, of course, we come upon today, the 16th, We have like the Holy Trifecta, you have St. Hedwig, then you have St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, special patroness, apostle of the Sacred Heart, then you also have St. Gerard Magella, tomorrow, Ignatius of Antioch. And of course, the saints just keep coming throughout this month, giving us a beautiful opportunity to consider how each one of us should be aiming for sanctity in this life, each one of us should be aiming for holiness, a total without any strings attached, no conditions, a total gift of self to the Lord. Ultimately, our personal, our private devotion to the Lord's sacred heart is what is meant to cultivate this deep-seated interior desire for union with the Lord. A couple of days ago, uh, Monday evening actually, I was at St. Peter and Paul Retreat Center in Newark for a senior Kairos retreat. And because of the scheduling and whatnot, the chaperones and the organizers had me give a talk the first night. And it was on creativity, creativity for the disciple. So I've got all of these beautiful 17 and 18 year olds, like a captive audience, you know. And um, of course, they automatically think priest, father, boring. And maybe it was. I don't know, because I had to get it. I didn't have to listen to it. But, but the point of the, the thrust of the meditation was on creativity and how it's not just something that we're supposed to express, but creativity is also supposed to be something that we're supposed to digest. You know, when we are actually dependent upon the Lord, when we're guided by the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we become automatically creative in how we respond to the presence of Jesus in our midst. And that's what drives, that's what propels sanctity, right? And I told the young people, those beautiful young men and young women, I reminded them, I said, you are supposed to deserve what you desire. So ask God to know what you desire in your heart. Because the worst thing that could possibly happen is that the final judgment, you actually receive that which you deserve, which is the fulfillment of your desires. And it's not God. What did you desire in this life? If you desired someone or something other than the Lord, then you deserve that. 
But if you desire the Lord and you desire unity with him, likewise, you deserve it. What do we desire in our hearts? Frequent is the question posed. You know, Father, I'm not really sure what to do to help my son or daughter keep the faith, maintain the faith, pursue their vocation, or stay pure in the nonsense of this life. And it's like, encourage them to know the desires of their heart. What do they desire? Because that desire is not man-made. A desire is not created in the world. A desire isn't something we fabricate. A desire is something that the Lord places on our heart. If that desire is not of God, then it obviously didn't come from the Lord. Then it's an aberration. It's a change. We've mutilated God's desire placed within us for something that's beautiful, something that's true, something that's good. So if we encourage one another to pursue the desire of the heart, made by God, made for God, our desire then, the desire in our heart is for the Lord. But we have to act on that. We have to pursue that desire. And then we will deserve that which we desire. A young man came up to me. He's like, Father, how do I know... How do I know what I desire? And I said, who are the saints that you know? And he's like, um, well, I went to St. Anthony's school. I said, okay, who are the saints that you know? Well, I just told you, I went to St. Anthony's school. And I said, and I just told you, who are the saints that you know? I don't care what school you went to. I went to the same school. That doesn't mean I know St. Anthony. I mean, I actually personally do know St. Anthony. But that doesn't, because I didn't go to the school, that doesn't, there's no, there's no connection there, correlation. But I said, who are the saints that you know? And follow them. Look at how they pursue their desires. These beautiful saints. And it doesn't matter if it's like Peter, Andrew, James, and John from the first 12, or if it's St. John Newman from Sunday. Not Neumann, the new one. Newman. (laughs) It could be one of our oldest saints or one of the newest ones. It doesn't matter. If you go into any of the lives of the saints, you're going to find a man or a woman who was not afraid to follow the desire of their heart because they understood that God made their heart. And in that heart, he placed a treasure. That treasure is a desire or desires. And if we follow those desires and they're rightly from the Lord, I'm not talking about the fabricated ones. I'm not talking about the ones that become the wants and the needs of the flesh. I'm talking about the desire of the heart. Then you're going to follow, you're going to walk in the footsteps of someone who wanted holiness. Very few people today, if you ask them, why are you coming to Mass? I want holiness. Why did you go to confession? I want holiness. Why do you want the enthronement? I want holiness. I mean, people don't use that as their answer. They'll use a variety of things. But at the core of most of those answers, if they're beautiful, true, and good answers... What they're really saying, with all the words they might use, what they're really saying is, I want union with God. I want holiness. I want sanctity. And in a month such as October, where we have so many beautiful saints, you know, at the very beginning of the month, we had Saint Therese of Lisieux, and then just a couple of days ago, we had Teresa de Jesus. Not actually the same person. Something good for us to know, right? (laughs) Teresa de Jesus, or Teresa de Avila, Saint Teresa of Jesus, Saint Teresa of Avila, the great reformer and protagonist of the reform within the church in Spain. She, of course, is the one that Therese takes her name from, you know, and Teresa of Calcutta took her name from Teresa de Jesus, Teresa de Avila. But you look into the lives of these saints. It doesn't matter which one, any of them, all of them, 
They were men and women who acknowledged that the desire that was worth pursuing was a desire that came from the Lord. And it was a desire that they found within their heart. And they pursued it. And in that pursuit of that desire, they realized they were aiming for sanctity. They wanted holiness. And of course, what happened? In death, with the separation of their body and soul, they had that initial judgment. And the initial judgment led into a conversation of justice and mercy with the Lord, the Good Shepherd, the Judge. You know, they went through their experience of purification, purgation. And now they're in heaven, interceding on our behalf, praying, praying that we will enter into our hearts and look for that desire for the Lord. Now, the problem is, some of the young people at that retreat, some of the adults we meet in the enthronements of the Sacred Heart, some of the people we meet here and there at different conferences, or maybe even at Sunday Mass, they actually do not know the desires of their heart because their hearts are so weighed down with things of this world that when you ask them, what is the desire of your heart? They'll say, I just don't want my family to fight. It's like, it's actually not a desire that God placed in your heart. Yeah, God did not say at the beginning of time, I don't want these five people to fight. He said, I want these five people for me. We're the ones that clouded up his divine plan with personality conflicts, characteristic disorders. You know, We're the ones that crowded, crowded all that out and confused the desire of the heart. We settle for far less than we were made to settle for. You know, We'll settle for world peace, but we're not going to aim for every soul to go to heaven. I just want there to be peace in my neighborhood. Well, why don't you want everyone in your neighborhood to go to heaven? Because if everyone in your neighborhood wants to go to heaven, then there's going to be peace in your neighborhood. Because then they're going to stop backbiting and gossiping and detracting and lying. You know, and cutting each other's lawns, trying to claim that space is their own. You know, it's the mundane things that can so easily cloud in there, you know. But if we can foster within each one of our own hearts, modeling ourselves after the saints any of them, all of them that we celebrate, that we remember in this month of October, if we enter into our hearts and look for the desire, the desires in our hearts, then we're going to feed that hunger for sanctity. You know, if we're confronted with a choice, do I commit sin? Do I maintain grace? In the eyes of those high school students, do I have some adventure or do I stay boring? Well, I told him, you know, when I was going through my life and I was like, they're like, you know, you're actually not boring at all. I said, thank you for acknowledging that. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for affirmation, but I'm really glad I received it. Um, you know? But what they automatically translate is they think, unfortunately, they think, unfortunately, that these garments automatically equal what? Sanctity, perfection. The journey's over. They forget that this garment just highlights a man who's actually aiming for the goal, not a man who's finished and arrived at the goal. And when, when they start to hear about the humanity of someone who wants Jesus and who's not afraid to speak about it, you know, and yet is also willing to admit that I fall short of that goal sometimes. And I have to remind myself I was made for more and I need to aim for more. I need to work with that desire placed in my heart. That brings me into such a beautiful and yet powerful dependence upon the saints. Not in such a way to where they get in the way of Jesus but they actually point the way out on how to get to Jesus. You can look at someone like St. Francis of Assisi and St. Therese of Lisieux, two saints 
who could not possibly be more different. And yet what? They point out the same path, how to get to the Lord. We show up at someone's home to help them with the enthronement. And a lot of times there's a barrier by the individual or the family of the lizard because they think, missionary, holy, you've got answers, I've got questions, you are already where I want to be. And it's like, I'm standing outside and it's cold. You are actually where I want to be, inside where it's warm. Let me in, I've got Jesus, you know. But they see that and it's very important for us as missionaries to think of the saints, look at the saints, and ask the saints for their intercession before we enter into that home for the enthronement. It's like, I am merely on the way, and along my path, that is the way towards the Lord, the Lord is having me meet this couple, or this individual, or this family. And by no means am I already at the destination, but I do have that beautiful opportunity, like the saints helping me, to then help them find the way. And that's exactly what we're doing when we're bringing the heart of Christ into someone's home. You know, we just have to meditate upon that one reality. We, as the missionaries, are bringing the heart of Christ into a home where the path will be clearly laid out and acknowledged. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be followed. That's not up to us. That's up to the people who live there. They're the ones that have to make that choice to follow. But it is up to us to be able to help make that way a little bit more clear a little bit easier to find, easier to see. And what better way to highlight that than just pointing them towards the heart of Jesus? Every single saint, every single saint, whether it was explicit or implicit, had an orientation in their spirituality towards the heart of Christ. We're not going to run into any single person in heaven who's like, I didn't believe in it. (laughs) Well, how'd you get here? I didn't have to believe in that to get here. Yeah, you did. I mean, heaven is the mass. You're not going to find someone that's like, he's actually not present in the Eucharist. It's like, are we in heaven? Yeah, we're in heaven. And he's not present in the Eucharist. No. You're never going to have that conversation in heaven. You're never going to have a conversation in heaven where the heart of Christ wasn't at the center of everyone who's there. The heart of Christ is at the center of every single person in heaven, whether they're a human species, angelic species, or a divine person. At the center of God the Father is the heart of his Son, who he loves so much. At the center, the Holy Spirit is directing the attention of all of us to the heart of Jesus so that we can be one with God in the flesh, in the Eucharist. You know, you're not going to run into anybody in heaven who doesn't like Mary. It's not going to happen. You know? I mean, they're like, she's not really my thing. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure she is. Queen of heaven, right? Queen of heaven. I didn't make that up. She didn't make that up. Her son, who is God, gave that title to her. You know, So if we enter into the saints, there are certain objective truths which are universally held. And our reality, our effort in reality right now is to bring those truths from heaven down into the homes of those who want the enthronement, who have done the enthronement. But on a very personal level, when it comes to sanctity, and we all get these questions, albeit voiced and worded in different ways, well, what am I supposed to do now? I've done the enthronement. Thank you so much. But what am I supposed to do now? What's the desire of your heart? Oh. Enter into your heart and ask for the grace to know the desire of your heart. Because there's not one single person that was made to desire sin. None of us were created by God with a desire for sin. That came about as a result of the original sin. 
You know, none of us were made with an orientation or an inclination towards sin. That's Protestantism. Don't believe in that. It's not true. Each one of us was made with a desire for God. It gets clouded. It gets broken. It gets dirtied. It gets mutilated through sin and the darkness of life and temptation and all that stuff. But if you go down to the center, what's the desire God gave you? What's the desire he gave you? He gave you a desire for himself so you could come back to him. And when we remember the beauty of the saints, the saints themselves, they're each individual people, men and women, lay, religious, priests, you know, bishops, nuns, married men, married women, husbands, fathers, single people. These are individuals who entered into the reality of their heart and they acknowledged there was a desire there. And they started to follow that desire, the desire for Jesus, the desire for sanctity. And they ended up deserving what they desired because they worked at it. We can't be passive or apathetic or we think, okay, God made me for God. I'm good. I'll just do whatever I want. I'm a slave to my passions. doesn't work that way. We have to be people who are serious about pursuing that desire, who want, who want the fulfillment of that desire, union with God. And whether it's someone like Gerard Magella who died at the age of 29, who was only a religious for six years, or whether it's someone like St. Margaret Mary, who, de- who didn't even make it to 50. You know, but she didn't have to make it to 50. She saw Jesus in person while praying in a chapel. I mean, after that, there's nothing this world can offer. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, this ship is sailing. I'm not, you know, I'm not missing it. But the saints, you know, Therese, early 20s. You know, I mean, and then you have someone like St. Teresa of Calcutta, St. John Paul II, October 22nd. You know, talk about a life well lived, where every day was lived to the fullest, and there were many days and many years. But none of that ultimately matters if we pursue the desire within our heart, that desire for the Lord. Just something to consider, especially in this beautiful month of the saints. October isn't usually associated with that, of course. It's usually associated with the Holy Rosary, and rightfully so, because of the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. It's usually associated with respect life, you know, and of course, missionary awareness. But if you go day by day through the Holy Mass, you encounter all of these beautiful saints day in and day out. And each one of them lived a very different life. But they were all walking towards the same goal, the fulfillment of their desire, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. They wanted his heart for themselves as their own. And they have it now in heaven. May all the saints intercede on our behalf that we may be victorious in this life as they were and someday reign with them where they are now with the Lord in heaven forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this month's Reflection from Father Stosh Daily, brought to you by the Missionaries of the Sacred Heart and Sacred Heart Columbus. To hear more of these wonderful reflections from Father Daly, visit sacredheartcolumbus.org. And for more information about enthroning your home or business to the Sacred Heart, please visit enthronements.com. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Amen.